You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It, well, one thing that was really beautiful, AJ, when uh, one of my brothers passed away of multiple sclerosis uh, about 10 years ago, but the night he passed away, I got to meet all of his past lives, and they were seated at tables that were situated in a backward swastika, that's the wheel of samsara in Buddhist tradition, and oh my God, he, he had about 160 past lives. And, you know, most of them were poor villagers and stuff, but I was consciously aware and got to meet them. And and that was such a mind blow to realize that, wow, it took him 160 year, 160 life experiences to get where he is now and kind of to come to a, the fulfillment. And so I, I just want to tell people, one beautiful thing about dreaming is that sometimes you will dream other life experiences. And if that doesn't break you out of this kind of one life uh, way of thinking, uh, nothing else will. So, so that, that's another beautiful aspect of, of dreaming and also lucid dreaming, because in a lucid dream, you can consciously seek this out and uh, explore it more deeply. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My7Chakras, my7chakras.com. In this episode, we cover some really amazing topics, including lucid dreaming, how to heal your emotions and your trauma, how to strengthen your intuition, and whether you are dreaming. So if you like the work that we do, and if you'd like to support us, then make sure you hit the subscribe button that you see on your phone in front of you, because it does something to the algorithm that helps us get in front of new listeners. So hit subscribe or hit the follow button, because you 
will really help us spread the word with that small action. And before we actually start this episode, I wanted to read a very special iTunes review that one of our listeners has left us. And she says, Stacy Shapiro, Aditya Jaikumar, host of My 7 Chakras podcast, highlights all aspects of self-improvement, mindfulness, and more in this can't-miss podcast. The host and expert guests offer insightful, insightful advice and information that is helpful to anyone that listens. Thanks, Stacy. If all of you would like to leave us an iTunes review as well, then make sure you go to my7chakras.com forward slash review. That's my7chakras.com forward slash review. We'll give you and your holistic company a shout out. And with that being said, let's bring on our special guest for today, Robert Wagner. So Robert wrote the acclaimed book, Lucid Dreaming, Gateway to the Inner Self, and co-authored the award-winning book, Lucid Dreaming, Plain and Simple, Lucid dreaming or realizing that you are dreaming while in the dream state has been scientifically validated since 1980. However, lucid dreaming has been considered a profound spiritual technique for personal growth, insight, healing and transformation. And I know many of you are super passionate, passionate, super passionate, fascinated and interested in this topic. That is why this is something that all of us have been looking forward to. So, Robert, thank you so much for joining us. AJ, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. So, for those of you who are new, the last time that Robert was here on our show was July 2016. It's been a while. Times have changed. We have a new president. But, <laughs> but here we are. Thank you for your time. Um, to begin with... I'd like to start with the movie Inception. Was it a movie or was it a documentary? <laughs> you know, the uh, producer said that he had had a number of lucid dreams and he began to wonder, in a lucid dream, could you actually uh, get in information outside of your own knowing? So that was kind of the whole uh, seed idea behind it. And uh, it, it's a very entertaining, entertaining uh, experience. Out of that movie, how much of it do you think is actually true? I mean, are, is is most of it true or some parts of it you feel really relate and resonate with the principles and methods that you teach your students around the world? Well, um, it's a Hollywood version, of course, of lucid dreaming. Uh, you know, I've, I've had uh, more than a thousand lucid dreams and I've never been involved in a car chase or a, or a gun battle. So, uh, so, so that, that part is a little bit out there. But, but the basic idea of realizing within a dream that you're dreaming, uh, this is something that happens to people naturally. Uh, the, there is a scientific evidence already that people as young as six or seven or eight years old are already having lucid dreams spontaneously. And so the idea of realizing you're in a dream, being able to influence the narrative, find out information, all that's true. The rest of it, a little bit Hollywood. <laughs> so Action Tribe and listeners, if you have ever had a lucid dream in your life, which is the awakening to the idea that you are dreaming at this point, then let us know in the comments because we want to make this an interactive session. Uh, but Robert, I was hoping to start from the beginning. Um, where were you born and what was your childhood like? Yeah, you know, I was born in the very middle of America in Kansas. And uh, the great thing was that I was the fifth of five boys. And then there was a younger sister. So I had four older brothers when I was growing up. And that was so much fun because that really gave me 
a, a sense of uh, really a family bond, and, and that that's where I grew up. So uh, the, the one thing, though, about me when I was growing up, I was a mystical little kid just right out of the box, and I was deep into dreaming also just at the very beginning, too. So do you remember or have any glimpse of any lucid dreams that you had as a kid? You know, the, the very first one, it was really funny. Um, if you can imagine this, I found myself in the public library and I was looking at books in the book stacks. And then all of a sudden, I see this little Tyrannosaurus Rex walking through the book stacks. And, and I thought, wait a second, dinosaurs are extinct. How can this be? And then it hit me, oh, this has to be a dream. I'm dreaming this. And at that moment, I became lucidly aware. I was probably 10 or 11 years old. And I thought, well, boy, if this is a dream, then I can wake up. Told myself to wake up and boom. Uh, woke right up in bed. So that was my very first one. Wonderful. When I was a kid, one of the things that I wanted to do was be a paleontologist because I was so fascinated with, uh, you know, dinosaurs and T-Rexes. And uh, I'm pretty sure I might have had dreams about dinosaurs, but I did not know the concept about lucid dreaming. And I wish I had a mentor like you who I could discuss with and then go back into my dreams and, you know, wake up to the idea that, you know what, I might be dreaming. <laughs> but for someone who's new to this and someone who is fascinated by what we're talking about, what exactly is lucid dreaming? Yeah, so a lucid dream is any dream in which you realize in the dream state that, hey, this is a dream. So, for example, you see a dinosaur and it makes you think, how could that be? Oh, this is a dream. Or you find yourself in the middle of the desert in Egypt, even though you live in Canada in the winter. And you go, wait a second, how did I get out into the desert? Oh, this is a dream. So anytime you realize within a dream that you're dreaming, that's a lucid dream. Interesting. And I know you had lucid dreams as a kid, but when did you sort of stumble upon the idea of a practice that not just you, but people around the world and through history have been practicing, teaching, sharing lucid dreams? When did that happen? You know, so it was my uh, junior year of high school. I was reading a book by Carlos Castaneda called Journey to Ixland. And so Carlos Castaneda, he was a UCLA graduate student who was trying to learn about shamanic practices and, and especially about hallucinogens like peyote and things like that. And so he meets this shaman, and the shaman in this book tells him that he could find his hands in the dream state and become aware of dreaming. And I'm reading that, and I'm thinking, what? Really? You can do that? But there wasn't a technique. And so that's, that's what I did right then and there. I knew about the power of suggestion. So that night, I put my hands in front of my face, and I told myself while I looked at my hands, tonight my dreams will see my hands and realize I'm dreaming. Tonight my dreams will see my hands and realize I'm dreaming. And after about five minutes, I'd fall asleep. On the third night, I'm walking through my high school hallway, and boom, my hands pop right in front of my face, and I realize, oh, my God, my hands, this is a dream. So it took me three nights, but that's how I had my first uh, consciously induced lucid dream. Wow. So it feels like you were suggesting or sending signals or impressions to your subconscious mind uh, and planting the seed, so to speak, so that when you are in the dream, your hands pop out. That's amazing. Yeah. And and so, so that's what you want. You want your hands to be your signal. Okay. You have to have something that prompts your awareness, that makes you realize, oh, this is a dream. So, so that, that's what I was doing by uh, saying, tonight my dreams, when I see my hands, I'll realize I'm dreaming. See my hands, first thought, this is a dream. Like a totem from the movie Inception. 
<laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly like that. Wow. A little spinning ball. Yeah. So, I mean, our show is all about blending spirit with science, and you implied that there's a science to um, lucid dreaming. But what what does the science say about about lucid dreaming, the phenomena, the practice, the experience? Right. You know, so so at the same time that I taught myself how to become a lucid dreamer, so this was about in 1975, over in England, um, I, there was a graduate student, Keith Hearn, and he had met a lucid dreamer named Alan Worsley. But Keith Hearn thought, well, how can you prove this? How can you prove that someone is aware within the dream? So then it occurred to him that in the dream state, we have rapid eye movement. So if you watch a little baby or watch your sleep partner, You'll see their eyes moving around and you know they're in the dream state. And so we thought, what if I brought someone into the sleep lab and I put a rim rapid eye movement polygraph pads on their eyes and I told them before they went to sleep, when you become lucid, move your eyes left to right eight times and that'll show up on the rim readout and that'll be the first evidence for lucid dreaming. And so I think it was um, March 12th of 1975 or April 12th of 1975, Alan Worsley did this in the sleep lab. And the scientific evidence, though, didn't come out until about 1980, 1981. Which is, so you're saying that an action that they're taking in their dream, they're looking left and right, is actually translating into their physical world in that their eyes are also moving? Yeah, you know, it, it was interesting. Uh, people knew that rapid eye movement occurred in dreaming. And there was this one interesting dream report. One time they, the, the REM researchers noticed this weird back and forth. And so when the guy woke up in the sleep lab, they asked him, what were you dreaming about? And he said, oh, I was watching a tennis match. I was watching the ball go this way and that way and this way and that way. So there is kind of an idea that if you moved your dream eyes, your physical eyes would move. But, but this uh, lucid dream research really confirmed that. You know, sometimes uh, the entire concept of dreaming and especially lucid dreaming reminds me of artificial, not artificial intelligence, but alternate reality, augmented right. reality. When we wear those masks, we sort of enter a new dimension, right? We're still here, but we are exploring a different digital world. Exactly. It's, it's, a, it's fascinating how the idea of virtual reality and augmented realities kind of came growing up at the same time we're scientifically investigating lucid dreaming. And some of us are taking it much deeper than science has taken uh, lucid dreaming. So, so that, that is really true because when you're consciously aware within the dream state, now you can explore, you can do personal experiments, scientific experiments. You can take it very, very deep. That's amazing. And I'm sure that someone who's listening right now is wondering, wait, is that even possible? Well, if this is possible, what else is possible? And if that is possible... What, you know, what are we living right now? We're living a dream. So just this conversation, I'm sure, opens up so many possibilities. But I want to ask you something that goes along with lucid dreaming. People talk about astral projection. What is the difference between astral projection and lucid dreaming? Right. So, so uh, I compare them to a, a house cat and a mountain lion. You know, they both have a tail and fur and, and little ears and all. But, but you want to have the house cat come home and you don't want, want to have a mountain lion in your house. So, so in a lucid dream, you realize within the dream you're dreaming. But in an OBE, so imagine that someone has a heart attack and all of a sudden they find themselves 10 feet above their body that the doctors are working on trying to get their heart back. So where within a dream did they realize they were dreaming? I mean, they had a heart attack. And other times people are falling asleep and they'll hear this buzzing or humming around their head. 
And then they'll realize that they're seeing the bedroom from 10 feet above their bed. And where is realizing within a dream that you're dreaming? So you can see they're kind of two different things. Even though uh, they do have some similarities, just like a house cat and a mountain lion, they're definitely two different things. Would you consider both of them out-of-body experiences or is just astral projection that is an OBE? You know, um, I consider them both different types of projections of consciousness. So when you're lucid, you're aware within the dream state, within that dimension. In an OBE or astral projection, you're aware in a different dimension. But, of course, there are ways to move from a lucid dream into an OBE, and um, there's there's different ways of playing around with this. So they're kind of uh, different spots on a continuum. Interesting. So, Action Tribe, if you're watching this right now, we are entering a brave new world, so to speak, because I'm sure everyone can relate to having a dream. Sometimes you remember it, sometimes you don't remember every part of the dream, but you do meet or encounter with certain dream figures. So, Robert, these dream figures that we meet and interact with, um, are they just figments of our imagination or are we connecting with the minds of real people or is it something else? So this is really a complicated question. In my, in my workshops, I tell people all dream figures are not created equal. Okay. And, and the reason I say that is uh, so in a regular dream, you could ask a dream figure. In a regular lucid dream, you could ask a dream figure, who are you? What do you represent? Yeah. And oftentimes they'll tell you exactly who they are, what they represent. Mm. And uh, also I've told people that the way you can tell their thought forms or projections of your mind is – Like, let's say you have an angry dream figure coming at you. If you send it love and compassion and understanding, all of a sudden that angry dream figure, it'll shrink down into a little boy that just wants a hug. Or if you accept it totally, it'll burst into light. So when you see how the dream figure changes, when your mind changes, then you realize, oh, it's a projection of my mind. But here's where it gets complicated, DJ, is, is like when you meet a deceased relative, in the dream state. And all of a sudden you became lucidly aware. You think, wait a second. And then I've, I've had my own uh, situations with this where like I met my father, but then I wondered, is this my father as a dream figure or is this my father as his spiritual being? And so then after we greeted, I, I asked him questions and basically he told me things that he thought would happen in the future. And later when those things came to pass, then it would suggest that it was something more than just a product of my mind. So that's how it can be uh, really interesting to play around with this in a lucid dream. Interesting. It's so interesting because you're saying that it could be somebody that you knew from before. It could be a spiritual being. It could be an aspect of yourself. And when we speak about ourselves, what usually comes to my mind also is the shadow self. Right. So what is your definition of shadow self, shadow work, and how does lucid dreaming help with the practice of working with your shadow? <laughs> yeah, so, so the shadow is what Carl Jung called the denied, ignored, repressed parts of the self. These are kind of the parts of ourselves that we don't even look at. You know, we keep them in the shadows position behind us because we don't even want to think about them. And so in a lucid dream, uh, you can oftentimes play around with this. For example, one time I, I became lucidly aware. I found myself in a farmhouse, and the wife, farm wife put beans on my plate, and I thought, wait a second, I don't live on a farm. And I became lucidly aware. And at that moment, I always tell my people in my workshops, I say, 
go to the area of the most energy. And you know where the area of the most energy was right behind me. It was my shadow. Oh. And so I turned around, and it's an attractive young black woman. I pick her up, put her right in front of me, and I ask her an open-ended question. I ask her, who are you? Who are you? And she replies, I am a discarded aspect of yourself. So then I had to think, how do you respond to something that's been discarded? And I thought, oh, if it's been discarded, it wants to be accepted. And so from my heart, I began to accept it, accept it. And then I watched as it got smaller and smaller. And then finally, I accepted it so much that it burst into light. And that light came into my body. It reintegrated with me. And I woke up. It was just too amazing. Then it was a week later, I realized every day this week, I've been thinking, I should try to write that book on lucid dreaming, that project I discarded a year ago, because it's just too hard. And so that's how beautiful lucid dreaming is. You can meet the shadow. And if you accept it and send it what it lacks, then it comes into you. That is fascinating. And I think that can a lot of people can relate to this uh, because it tends to happen with a lot of creators or visionaries or people who want to bring something to light. Why does it happen that maybe let's say it's an eight-step process and you do six steps, you do seven steps, and the last few steps, something's holding you back, you know? And then you keep it aside or you don't work. You're trying to avoid certain things. Do you notice that pattern a lot in your life or maybe people that you work with? You know, I I think sometimes what happens is you get to the end of your comfort zone. You get to where the fear stops you. Mm. And that's what lucid dreaming has taught me. Lucid dreaming has taught me that if I'm going to grow as a person, Mm. I have to resolve the fears instead of just being repelled by them and going back to the comfort zone. So every time in a lucid dream when I met a fear, I would actively try to resolve it. And then when I would do that, it would just expand the territory. And I just kept growing and growing by by doing that. So how do you resolve a fear? Let's say you identify the fear. Like in my case, I know for a fact that one of my fears is um, acceptance. So being part of a group, being part of a tribe, and then getting rejected. And so my fear is that holds me back sometimes from you know, meeting strangers and being part of a group is that fear of acceptance. So once you know it, how do you, how do you resolve it? How do you work with it? So, so here's the way that I go about it is uh, when you find the issue, whatever it is, you've got to find the habitual thoughts and habitual beliefs that you have that support it. What gives it energy? What gives it power? And you'll start thinking, oh, it's because blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's because when I was in the third grade, the little kids, whatever. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, I have this habitual thought. But here's the thing. Now the thing is every time you feel a lack of acceptance or whatever it is, you stop and you tell yourself, no, not anymore. Now I'm going to, and then put in your goal, whatever it is. Now I'm going to feel accepted in every situation. Now I'm going to feel accepted by everyone around me. Now I totally, completely accept myself and everyone accepts me as well. So, so you have to identify, identify when you're having that habitual thought and stop it and then plant what you want, what your goal is. And as you share this, so much about lucid dreaming is about being mindfully aware, right? Mindfully aware of everything that's happening in your life, the emotions or the thoughts that are going on, noticing what is logical and rational, what is not. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What needs to be discarded, what needs to be carried forward and also within a dream, noticing, hey, is this normal or am I dreaming? Exactly. I mean, you know, the, the really the more mindful you are during the day, the more mindfully where you're going to be at night, as Tenzin Wang Rinpoche says. And, and that's really so true. So much of lucid dreaming is about being more mindful. And the great thing is, though, as you become more mindful during the day, you, you begin to realize how you're connected with what the reality that's being created around you. And so that's really a wonderful way to help you because in a lucid dream or in a regular dream, you'll see something weird and you'll think, wait a second, why am I connected to that? Why am I drawing that into my experience? Oh, that's too weird. That has to be a dream. And you become lucid. Now, Robert, you've shared so many techniques with you know people all over the world and especially in your books, you've shared with us this, and looking at your hand technique, one of the other techniques you share is called the nap to lucidity technique, right? So what is that all about? Because it seems very exciting. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's one of those that uh, scientists have even shown that, that it's likely to increase your chance of becoming lucid by five to ten times. Okay. So it's really a powerful technique. But basically what, what nap to lucidity or wake back to lucidity is, is that you wake up two hours or so before your normal waking time. So you might want to set the alarm or whatever, but you wake up about two hours earlier. Then you stay up for maybe 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever, and thinking about lucid dreaming, reading about lucid dreaming, whatever, and then you go back to sleep with the intent to become lucid. And just doing that alone is just much more likely to increase your chance of becoming lucidly aware. So often, oftentimes you'll find this too in people who meditate. There are certain... Uh, Spiritual traditions who they always meditate at four o'clock in the morning or whatever. But sometimes as they're meditating, they kind of drift into this sleepy dream and all of a sudden they'll become lucidly aware uh, in that state. Wow. I mean, as you shared it, the reason why I said it's exciting is because I can just visualize, you know, bringing together people like eight to 10 people, um, you know, and together waking up at 3.30, reading a book or just chatting or, you know, I'm not sure if chatting is okay or talking with each yeah. other is okay, but doing something and then going back to sleep feels like you feels like you're diving back into that ocean of your subconscious mind, metaphorically. Right, because what what science has found is that as we go throughout the night, uh, every 90 minutes we have a dream uh, okay. normally, but at the beginning they're just like five minutes long, and then. 20 minutes later, it's 10 minutes long. But that last uh, dream cycle of the night can be 30, 45 minutes long. And so you're much more likely to become lucidly aware at that time if you do this practice at 4 or 5 in the morning. And so looking back, and I know you've been doing this for so many decades, but do you remember what has been your most fascinating, amazing lucid dream experience till date? <laughs> wow. I... I I have had a lot. I've, I've had lucid dreams that just uh, totally blew my mind. But probably the one that, that really got me set off on a new path, AJ, was this. Um, I, 
1985 as part of a Lucid Dream Explorers group. And that month we had a goal to find out what the dream figures in your lucid dream represent. And so I thought, oh, that'll be easy. I, I, can, I can do that piece of cake. So uh, I, I became lucidly aware. I followed this woman into an office and, and now there were three women and, and a gentleman in a three-piece suit. And I remembered, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to find out what a dream figure represents. Walk up to the gentleman, and I said, excuse me, what do you represent? And all of a sudden, instead of this gentleman responding, a voice boom from above him boomed out a partial response. And I, I thought, what? Mm-hmm. And so I said, blah, 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 what? And then it responded with what this gentleman represented. And I thought, okay, I've done my deal. Going to wake up, write this down. The next day I wondered, well, wait a second. That was weird. Why did a voice, a non-visible voice, boom out a response instead of this gentleman uh, responding directly? And so I began to wonder, was there an awareness behind the dream? Could you interact with your unconscious mind or your larger self? And so after that, I began in my lucid dreams to just ask questions of the dream. I'd ignore the dream figures, and I'd just ask a question like, hey, dream, show me something important for me to see. Or, hey, dream, let me have this experience. And all of a sudden, I would hear things, see things, have experiences, and I got in touch with that creativity of the larger awareness. So there you go, Action Tribe. You've got a hack. You've got a secret <laughs> from somebody who is experimenting and, and doing these things for years together, which is contacting or attempting to speak to the dream, but which could be your higher self, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, you know, I would say it's it's your larger awareness. I'll, I'll just okay. put it simple like that, your larger awareness. And, and so the incredible thing is how creative it can be. Mm-hmm. Like I remember one time I shouted out, hey, dream, show me my life as if it was a painting. Oh. And suddenly, boom, suddenly there's this 80-foot by 30-foot painting hanging in the sky. That's the, that's the representation of my life. Mm. And I thought, think of all the creativity that had to happen in a microsecond to put up all that imagery and make it so uh, incredible. And so th- that's, why, that's why I really want people to understand that in a lucid dream, oftentimes we're kind of socialized to interact with dream figures and play around, have fun, fly around. But you can ignore the dream figures and reach out to your larger awareness. And I'm just trying to think about how that experience that you're having in your lucid dream translates into your real life. You know, so, so here's an example. Uh, and I tell people that if you do practices in your lucid dream state, it'll make it easier to do practices in the waking state. For example, if you meditate in the lucid dream state, then suddenly you can meditate very easily in, in the waking state. But here's, a, here's an example. So one day I was meditating in the middle of the afternoon, and I get down deep, and I can feel my larger awareness. Even though I couldn't see anything, I could feel my larger awareness just like it was a lucid dream, even though I knew I'm sitting in a chair in my living room at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And so I reached out and I said, larger awareness, what do you have to say to me? And suddenly I heard, we want you to send $10,000 to your friend Paul back in your hometown. Mm. I thought, what? (laughs) And I came out of the meditation. And I was so stunned. I, I thought, wow, this happened while I was waking the mm-hmm. next day I'm eating again, I get down really deep. Now I feel my larger awareness and the energy of my friend Paul's uh, deceased mother. Mm-hmm. And I reach out and say, hey, larger awareness, what do you have to say to me? And th- now it says, we want you to send $10,000 to your friend Paul back in your hometown. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, my God, come on. 
So, so here, here's how this works out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tell my wife that I've had this happen twice on successive days. And if I ever had a dream like that, I would always follow whatever it said. And my, and my wife says, okay, let, let's get a checkbook. Uh, we'll, we'll send a check for $1,000 to Paul. And mm-hmm. we'll say, Paul, we're your good friends. If you need help, we'll help you. Yeah. So Paul is about eight hours away. We send him the check four days later, or when he gets the check, he calls up. And at first I can't understand him. He's so emotional. He told me that his father fell in the bathroom two months earlier, broke his hip. His dad was like 86 years old. And uh, he was in a nursing home where they said they were going to teach him how to walk. But my friend could tell they were never going to teach him how to walk. So my my friend Paul wanted $10,000 exactly so he could add a disabled bathroom onto his house. And then he'd have um, his father come live with him. And the state of Kansas would give 40 hours of nursing care a week. And so he did that, brought his father to live with him, his dad lived with him for six and a half years. But, but what, I, what I'm trying to get to is when you begin to interact with that larger awareness, I think it helps you interact with your intuitions and your inner inner self more clearly and more directly. Wow. So many things over here. And I mean, firstly, you, t- you sound like Dr. Strange right now. <laughs> you know, where... <laughs> You know, we've sort of jumped the bound between having a normal talk and ha- and really being open to what is possible through the human mind. Um, and the imagery that came to my mind is sometimes when we pray, right? When we pray, we're asking God or asking the universe to help us, but it feels as if the universe operates through human beings, through a network of human beings like yourself who listened to your in- intuition and gave your friend $10,000, so sometimes it might not be, uh, you know, us to the universe. The universe, yeah, the message goes, but it comes through a human being who very kindly listens to their intuition or the message that has come through their dream. You, you know, the amazing thing, AJ, when my friend Paul called, yeah. he said a week earlier he had gone to his mom's grave site yeah. and he yelled, at, he yelled at his mom's grave site that if somebody didn't help him, he was going to kill himself. Mm. That's how upset he was that his father was in a nursing home where he was never going to learn how to walk again. So, so again, you know, uh, if, if we learn to listen, and I think lucid dreaming, especially when you begin to reach out to your larger awareness, it is one of those ways of listening. But there's lots of ways we can listen and, and meditating and uh, checking into our intuitions is a wonderful way to begin. So how does somebody who is listening to the show – or maybe myself as well, enhance our chances of having a lucid dream or maybe having them more often? What can we do to, you know, fine-tune it? Yeah, I think the, one of the things is first just beginning to pay attention to your dreams. Okay. You know, so I keep a dream journal by my bed. Uh, and when I wake up, the first thing I always think is, what was I just dreaming? Mm-hmm. Because I know if you don't pay attention, within 15 or 20 seconds, that dream will just disappear and you can't get a hold of it. So that has to be the first step. Then the second thing is, I think it helps to just begin to do a simple technique. Looking at your hands for a few minutes before you go to sleep while telling yourself, tonight my dreams will see my hands and realize I'm dreaming. That's a great thing because your hands pop up, it's a prompt, and immediately you become lucid. And, and then there's other ways. Sometimes people just use the power of suggestion. Tonight my dreams I'll be more critically aware and when I see something strange, I'll realize I'm dreaming. So tonight, my dreams will be more critically aware. When I see something strange, I'll realize I'm dreaming. So by having that kind of technique, that really helps. 
But I'll, I'll tell you, AJ, here's, the, here's where people mess up. They don't know how to respond as soon as they become lucid. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is people become lucid and they get so excited, they immediately pop out. And, and so I tell people, as soon as you become lucidly aware, tell yourself to calm down, reduce your emotions, because if you get too excited, you'll pop out. Then what you want to do is enhance your awareness, like rub your hands together, touch an object, kind of ground yourself in that dream state. Mm-hmm. And then you have to maintain your focus because it's easy to fall back into a regular dream because you'll get so caught up in how beautiful the dream state is that you'll just uh, fall back into regular dreaming. So there's a lot to learn, and, and that's why people like me write books. Interesting. So you can actually switch between being lucid within a dream and then switching back into dream state and maybe coming back again, right? So that's really interesting. It, yeah, <laughs> it, it's not a steady state. That's what people think. Yeah, right. Right, as soon as you're lucid, then you're home free for the next 30 minutes. Yeah, That's not how it works. You still have to stay, stay mindful that, hey, I'm dreaming this, this is a dream. And, and especially as a beginner, you have to really learn how to do that. Yeah, and I think one of the techniques you shared during our last interview, which was maintaining a dream journal, and what I do is I have a notepad on my phone, and so when I wake up, and it's so easy to forget it, right? Even if you move your position while sleeping, you might forget it. And and I write it down, whatever I remember. And sometimes, even if I don't remember, what helps me is I tell myself, if I had to remember, what would it be? And sometimes it just, you know, comes in and then a stream of thoughts, you know, come through. Right, right. And occasionally people will find uh, some special app or something that, and they'll just speak their dream into their phone and, uh, and have it uh, go to text. So th- there's different ways of doing it, but, but you're right. You, you got to do it. You got to remember those dreams uh, as soon as you wake up. Uh, so uh, I wanted to know your thoughts on this. Why is it that I record my dreams, right? And if I am reading my record from six months back or one year back, it doesn't feel very familiar. It's like, did I really dream that? Have you ever come across that? You know, uh, it, it is, it's kind of like uh, a year ago, you were a different person than you are now. Right? And so in that sense, the issues that you were dealing with back a year ago, you know, assuming that you're keep growing and growing uh, are going to be different, but you will probably find that some symbols keep repeating themselves and you will realize that, Oh yeah, there's something about that, you know, frozen bedroom or whatever, you know, what's the deal? Why do I keep dreaming about that? So, so anyway, uh, I I think that's why they, they seem kind of, you know, how am I connected to that dream that happened a year ago? Right. I'm so glad that you spoke about uh, us as human beings uh, constantly changing and you know the people that listen to the show are committed to personal development so they're always on the quest for learning how can I improve how can I shift how can I heal and you talk a lot about healing and releasing trauma or negative memories but how does lucid dreaming help us with with healing right so so um, um what, one way that it helps is through uh, helping people with recurring nightmares so uh, even some therapists have begun to use uh, lucid dreaming for people who have PTSD because one of the primary symptoms is recurring nightmares. And so what they'll teach them to do is, okay, you have that recurring nightmare just as it is, but at this point I want you to realize, hey, this is just that nightmare. Oh, this is the dream. And then turn and face whatever's uh, chasing you or whatever 
are just change one thing and, and then the uh, nightmares will cease. And that's what people find if they become lucidly aware in just one nightmare, mm-hmm. then that just kind of cleans the slate. It, it makes the nightmares disappear. So, so that's one way. But another way is in lucid dreams, you can begin to interact with those, you know, scary figures who are chasing you and you can ask them, who are you? Why are you chasing me? Uh, well, one guy wrote to my website and told me about how he'd been reading my book and he'd been having this recurring nightmare every month of being chased mm. and became lucidly aware. And then he remembered, oh, yeah, Robert always said, ask the guy, you know, who are you? Why are you chasing me? And he asked, he asked him, who are you? Why are you chasing me? And the figure said, I represent your fear of boredom. And the guy goes, oh, my God, I do have a fear of boredom. <laughs> and that's why all during the day, you know, he's doing things and watching this and chatting and multitasking and stuff. And he had, he had this fear of boredom. And, uh, and finally he realized he had to create quiet time. He had to allow himself just to be, mm-hmm. you know, without constantly doing. And, and he said it was, it was really a magical moment. So, so that's one of the great things. So learning what those dream figures represent oftentimes can lead you into new insights on what you need to do to grow. Mm. I've heard a lot of people, and this does not hap- happen to me these days, but maybe a couple of years back where you, you feel like someone's following you. Sometimes it's a human being. Sometimes it's an animal. Sometimes it's a demagogue, so to speak. But you're saying turning around, confronting, and asking that profound question, what do you stand for? What do you represent, right? Right. Because so often the thing that's chasing us is in the shadows position behind us. Yeah. And it, it's what we're not looking at, what we're not paying attention to. But as soon as we get that kind of sense, hey, there's some energy behind me, and we focus on it, then we have a chance to kind of wake up to, to what it is that we're ignoring. Mm. And I know that you mentioned this a while back, but you've implied that one can meditate while lucid. So what's it what's it like meditating or doing yoga in your dream and being cognizant and aware that you are meditating in the dream state? What's that experience like? Right. You know, uh, I've been a lucid dreamer for a long time, probably about 20 some years. And a friend yeah. asked me if I'd ever meditated in a lucid dream. And I, I told her I hadn't. And so the next time I became lucid, I stopped on the trail that I was walking on. I sat in a half lotus position, I think. And I just looked straight ahead and began to empty my mind. Mm-hmm. And what I want to tell you, AJ, just so quickly, you just moved to this incredible kind of sense of kind of, you know, profound emptiness. But what happened was, as I looked in front of me, it was like someone was ripping apart the dream and this brilliant white light's coming through. Mm-hmm. And, and that after after the dream was getting ripped apart, I, I kind of shook my head and came out of the meditation and thought, you know, maybe I should meditate with my eyes closed. And so I closed my eyes in the lucid dream, and within 15, 30 seconds, I'm in an incredibly profound, transcendent state of, of kind of oneness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but it was interesting. Uh, a number of years later, I was part of a work our, um, webinar with a gentleman, Michael Katz, who uh, teaches Zogen uh, Buddhist dream yoga. And when he heard my story, he said, he said, Robert, in the Buddhist Zogen tradition, what you experience is what we're trying to achieve. He said, I've never heard anyone who did it on their first try. He said, and I said, well, what do you mean? He said, 
you know how the dream started to kind of get ripped apart and that white light's coming through? Mm. He said, well, call that Rigpa, the base awareness. And so as you emptied your mind, all of a sudden the base awareness, the, the natural state starts to show up. And he said that that was just really, truly wild. So so people who have done this, uh, there's different types of meditation. Some people chant mantras. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like a thousand others are chanting the mantra with them. And and so there's different types of meditation. But anyone who does it almost always reports a truly profound, profound experience. This episode is brought to you by me, AJ because I'm offering you a free Breathwork Foundations course. If you've been interested in exploring Breathwork and learning about the why behind Breathwork, including the science and evidence that makes this ancient practice so amazing, then you got to check out this course. You will discover how to correct your breathing, how to boost your immunity and protect yourself from pathogens and bacteria, what the ancients told us about breath, how to lose weight using breathwork, how to improve sleep, digestion, and mental clarity using a simple breathing technique. So come enroll in this free course and learn the basics of breathwork by going to my7chakras.com forward slash free breathwork course. That's my7 is a word, my7chakras.com forward slash free breathwork course. Once again, that's my7chakras.com forward slash free breathwork course. And what is this base awareness? What have you since then, you know, drawn meaning of, or what have you understood from this base awareness? Because it seems very fascinating. Yeah, so, so uh, I'll tell you what happened. After I was um, 20 years into lucid dreaming, I'd interacted so much with the awareness behind the dream and saw how creative it was and how amazing it was. So then I began to wonder, well, what's its reality? What, where, where, where is it? How, what's its existence? And then I began to see that the lucid dream was showing me how my thoughts got projected out there. My thoughts and emotions and expectations and beliefs got projected out there to become dream figures and dream objects and dream situations. And I realized that was the same with regular dreaming. And then I also realized, you know, that's what life is like as well. You know, if you send out a lot of anger in your waking life, you're going to get a lot of anger reflected back to you. If you send out a lot of love in your waking life, you're going to get a lot of love reflected back to you. And so I began to realize that the only way to really understand what a real reality is, is to let go of my beliefs and emotions and expectations and self-history. And and I'll tell you what happened. I'd fall asleep at night and the entire night would be nothing but blue light. The first time this happened, I, I woke up and I thought, what, what do I put in my dream journal? There's, there's no me, no action, no plot, no symbols. It's just blue light the entire night. And, and so this kept happening periodically. And, and one morning I went down to the breakfast table and, uh, and my wife uh, was there. And she goes, she goes, Robert, what's happening to you? And I go, why are you asking me that? And she said, last night I saw your face and I've never seen someone with such bliss before. I've never seen such bliss before. And that was one of the nights of the blue light. And I told her, I'm trying to find the actual nature of reality, and I'm having some pretty wild experiences. Anyway, uh, in my first book, I kind of explained how deep it goes. But finally, I got to 
one night I'm falling asleep and my larger awareness told me if I really wanted to go the distance, I might cease to be. And so I told my larger awareness, I said, look, I don't care. I'm in my forties now. I have to understand the actual nature of things. And so if I cease to be, I know that there's a larger awareness and I've already gone much deeper than, than, than that. And so that night, if you can imagine, imagine the light of awareness in, in a field of awareness and, and, that stops and there's a man in a robe there. And I said, what was that? Was that a lucid dream? And he said, Oh no, to go to a lucid dream, go here. I go, I go right where he tells me to do. And I know I'm going through a tunnel and I go into a lucid dream. But when I woke up, AJ, it, it was like I'd had a near death experience. It, it was like, uh, it was like there was no Robert. There was just awareness within awareness. And, and when I came out of that, that's when I realized that everything is interconnected. We're part of an interconnected oneness. And, and, and in that respect, everything is beautiful and perfect as it is. But on the other hand, it just shows us how important it is that, that each of us keep growing and, and doing our best to kind of lift the, uh, you know, lift the nature of things. So, so that, that, it, and, and then it was three years later, I was at a dream conference and I heard Tenzin Wang or Rinpoche speak that the goal of Buddhist dream yoga is the clear light of awareness by awareness itself. And I thought, oh my God, there's a name for all this stuff that, that I've been experiencing. So anyway, <laughs> that, that just shows you how, how wild it can be. It, it can go just so incredibly deep. You know, um, some of the times, especially in India, some of the um, sadhus or the monastics use this phrase a lot and they say everything is illusion maya everything is an illusion and if you look at the uh, monks in tibet and their practice of you know drawing these beautiful mandalas using the ash and the colored powder right and they spend weeks and weeks to design and intricately draw this beautiful you know mandala and then once it's done they just wipe it all away, right? They just, they just, yeah. uh, you know, mix it up, and it feels like what they were trying to say is that the universe is constantly changing, and the only truth is change. And like you pointed out, the only truth is is, is consciousness. Would you say, like, what is the what is the nature of reality, and based on your understanding right now, and and what role does our three D existence play in that? You know, so so. I, I, I'm glad you brought up Maya. Um, in, in my first book, I, I, I got a book by a Sanskrit scholar, uh, Wendy O'Donoghue Flaherty from University of Chicago. Yeah. And she said, when you get down to the actual meaning of Maya, uh-huh. it's not so much illusion yeah. as it is creative transformation. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like the, this experience is your thoughts, emotions, beliefs, and all projected outward. Mm-hmm. Out, and that's what a dream is as well. It's your thoughts, emotions, expectations, beliefs projected out there. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's why basically waking reality is something of a slowed down dream is what I'm saying. <laughs> you know? And, and okay. in the lucid dream, though, you can see when you, when you change your beliefs, when you change your expectations, then the lucid dream changes. 
Okay. And I'll tell you, the same thing is true in the waking state, but the waking state sometimes can be a little bit slower. You can kind of begin to change and all. So, 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 um, so, so anyway, but, but, but that's why this thing of the law of attraction and, and how your beliefs help create your reality is so important to check into because the mind is a creator and, and, when you become mindfully aware of what you're telling your unconscious or your subconscious mind, mm-hmm. then you'll begin to realize, oh, that's why I'm creating, calling this into my life. It's because what I'm feeding my mind, when I'm feeding my unconscious mind. So, so, so that that that's the importance of uh, of, of looking at all this. So then, along those lines, how does somebody go about um, changing their reality by changing? what they're projecting using their mind. Let's say they're unhappy with their finances, their relationships, their health, their life overall. How did they get started and what's the process like for changing what they're projecting unconsciously? You know, so, so in the final chapter of my second book, uh, Lucid Dream, Me Plain and Simple, I have a technique that came to me. I, I've never seen this technique anywhere. Mm-hmm. But here's what I realized. Oftentimes what we do is we start with our most difficult area. Like, oh, you know, I can't find a good relationship. And and this has been going on for 10 or 20 years. Oh, I'm always broke. And this has been, so I I, don't, don't do that. Here's what you want to do because you got to learn that the principle is real. So I say, pick a neutral belief. So a neutral belief is one that you really don't think about very much because you're so neutral. So it might be how funny you are. Mm-hmm. I'm not really funny, but I'm not unfunny. I'm neutral. Okay. When it comes to being funny, I'm neutral. Now what you want to do is energize that belief. So 10 times a day for one minute, stop and think, oh, I'm the funniest person in America. I'm the, no one's ever been as funny as me. I am the most hilarious person. And just imagine people laughing and cracking up and everything. Okay. Do that for one minute because we can focus for one minute. Do it really quick. Boom. By day four or five, you'll be in the checkout lane at the grocery store. You'll say something, and everyone will burst out laughing. Mm. And you'll think, that wasn't even funny. And then you'll do something else and say something in a Zoom meeting, and everyone will burst out laughing. And you'll think, oh, my God. What you're seeing is as you energize your beliefs, they're being projected out there. And so a woman who attended my workshop, she, she said she was 55 and she had uh, kind of given up on being attractive. So she was neutral about being attractive. And so she pumped up her belief in, in her beauty. She said on day four, a guy who was 25 years younger than her asked her for her phone number. Mm. She said she was so blown away. She said, no, she's in her 50s. No one had asked her for her phone number, you know, in, in, in millions of years. Right. So, so that that's, you have to see the principle, though. You have to see that your mind is actually being your mental energy is being projected out there. If you don't know that, then it's hard to do this other stuff. So, so that's a great way to get started. So, ten times one minute a day in the evening, maybe? day after day, day after day, okay. energize, energize that neutral belief. You know, your neutral belief might be how beautiful your hair is, or or what a great dresser you are, you right. know, but it's a neutral idea. And then all of a sudden, oh, you know, what are you doing with your hair this day? It's like wonderful. Oh, well, look at that clothing you have. Oh, you're, and you're thinking, Jesus, this is a T-shirt. I've been wearing this T-shirt, you know, time, five years now. Anyway, so, mm-hmm. so that's, that's what we do. Okay, Action Tribe listeners, 
Here is an experiment for you. Try this out and make sure that you're neutral about this, not something that is emotionally weighing you down. But the belief that you're neutral about, just experiment and don't get too attached to the outcome, but see how it goes. And if it does go, then you can reach out to me or you can reach out to Robert. Let us know because this this is really interesting. And Robert, you've said this oftentimes um, in your book and in the sessions that you've done, but you've said something along the lines of, um, lucid dreaming helps us explore and navigate past the boundaries of the ego self. So what do you mean by that? Right. Um, you know, our, our ego self is relating to the outer world to, you know, to make us kind of uh, get along with everybody and, and, and all. But, but what the lucid dreaming helps you see when you interact with that larger awareness, you go, oh, my God, there's a part of me that's connected to something incredible. There's a part of me that's connected to greater knowing. And all of a sudden, your conscious self realizes, oh, I can either go the path of fear that is the ego self, because the ego self is always worried about everything, or my larger awareness is telling me trust, nothing to fear. And, and so when you begin to see that these various levels of the self, you realize that, oh, the best advice is always coming from that inner awareness, and, and the greatest growth is always going to occur there, too. So that's what you want to follow and get in touch with. And a lot of what you share, um, it, I feel like, is mirrored in the experiences of those who um, practice with plant medicine. What are your thoughts on plant medicine? Uh, or do you feel that it's not somewhere that you would you know, recommend to explore? You know... Um, there's all sorts of different pathways. Yeah. And, and so uh, if that's your pathway, then go for it. Uh, the, the, I, I've been into some uh, association for the study of dream conferences and met people from South America who are vegetalis, uh, vegetalis. And oftentimes in their dream, they get information from the plants about how the plants want to be used or used in combination with another plant yeah. can serve as medicine. And, and so, so you begin to realize that you know, this is another way of interacting uh, or connecting with that interconnected oneness. Mm -hmm. Because I'll tell you, everything is alive. That's the other thing that Lucid Dreaming has taught me. Everything is alive. Your house is alive. The street is alive. The neighborhood is alive. Everything is alive. We live in a, in, in a world of just incredible, wonderful life. Mm -hmm. And, and so, so whether it's plant medicine or whatever, if that's your passion, if that's where your growth area is, go for it. I just love lucid dreaming and dreaming because that connects me with the deeper aspects of myself and does so very quickly. Um, the, the only thing that I worry about sometimes when people talk to me about various things, it's like, oh, you mean if I take this, then that'll change me? And so it's kind of an external locus of control. Right. My thing is if I change my thoughts, then I can change my experience. And, and so that's how it's a little bit different. Got it, got it. Uh, you know, the other day, um, I was journaling, I believe, or maybe meditating, but this question, um, you know, came to my mind. And I don't know where the question came from. Maybe it was my, uh, you know, greater awareness, like you mentioned. Um, but the question was, it asked me what my age was. And I said 33. And then it says, okay, where were you 34 years back? You know, and that sort of made me think, yeah, where was I 34 years back? What was I 40, 30, 30, 34 years back, right? And so what are your thoughts on, 
on uh, what happens before and after this, you know, present existence? What are your thoughts on either, you know, um, our spiritual self or maybe alternate realities? Right. You know, that, that was one of the beautiful things about dreams. So, so I, I grew up in the middle of America, you know, just a normal Christian family, whatever. But my dream started to show me that I had lived other lives. Right. I would look through the eyes of others and I know, oh, this is Rotterdam. And, well, well, why am I wearing this big, thick, heavy coat? And why do I have these big, stubby hands? And why am I going to drink wine? And I've never drank wine. I'm a 12-year-old kid. Right. And, and I would feel the wine... In, and that's when I realized, you know, this began to happen repeatedly enough that I began to realize that, wait a second, Robert is one portion of a larger, larger branch of awareness. And so it, one thing that was really beautiful, AJ, when one of my brothers passed away of multiple sclerosis about 10 years ago, but the night he passed away, I got to meet all of his past lives and they were seated at tables that were situated in a backward swastika. That's the wheel of samsara in mm-hmm. Buddhist tradition. And Oh my God, he, he had about 160 past lives and you know, most of them were poor villagers and stuff, but I was consciously aware and got to meet them. And, and that was such a mind blow to realize that, wow, it took him 160 year, 160 life experiences to get where he is now and kind of to come to a, the fulfillment. And so I, I just want to tell people, one beautiful thing about dreaming is that sometimes you will dream other life experiences. And if that doesn't break you out of this kind of one life uh, way of thinking, mm. uh, nothing else will. So, so that that's another beautiful aspect of of dreaming and also lucid dreaming because in a lucid dream, you can consciously seek this out and uh, explore it more deeply. Yeah. It's such a profound question, but also a profound opportunity for people who want to tangent, you know, tangibly experience, have this felt experience of, you know what? I'm not just this physical body. I'm not just this ego self. I am connected with everything around me. And not just living objects, but inanimate objects as well. And connected with my past lives in a way that's so beautiful, just like the fabric of existence that spans across the cosmos. Um, But um, Robert, I've had this question about um, lucid lucid dreaming from the movie Inception. Like, is it possible technically to um, incept or plant ideas or send messages to people in the dream state? And if it is, are there any ethics or principles behind this, what you can or cannot do? (laughs) So so, um, here's what what I'd say. Um, A way of exploring this is through dream telepathy. Okay. So there's actually been scientific studies on dream telepathy. There's a book written, Dream Telepathy, is written by a psychiatrist, Montague Allman, and he said the reason he, he began to investigate this is he would sit down with his clients yeah. and he would ask them, tell me a recent dream of yours. And they would be telling him about something that was occurring in his life, the psychiatrist's life. And he's thinking, wait a second, how are they dreaming about 
my own experience. Mm. And, so, and so they've done scientific studies on dreams of empathy. And I want to tell you, if you have a good friend and you don't mind uh, sharing headspace or information, yeah. you can play around with this. So, so on one night, you send them either an image or a photo or a thought um, and see what they pick up. It won't be exact. It'll be their interpretation of the photo or the image or the piece of art or whatever. Okay. But, but I remember a, a friend of mine, Suzanne, we, we began to do this back and forth uh, for a number of years. And, and we got really good at it. And so then we decided, could you send music mm. in dream telepathy? Right. I said, okay, Suzanne, uh, I'll be the receiver. You send me music. I'll tell you, AJ, that night I heard the most in- incredibly monotonous rave music, these electronic chords just going over and over in my head. I was so pissed off by the time I woke up. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just the same electronic yeah. chords over it. Yeah. And, and so I, I sent her an email and said, you, you send me electronic rave music. And she said, yeah, and she, she gave me a little cut. So then I decided, she lived in Holland, so I decided to send her the Dutch National Anthem. And, and so I, I'd watch Dutch National Anthem on YouTube and send it to her. Anyway, she, in her dream, she and her father were walking to the nearby football stadium, and she's thinking, my dad hates football. Why are we going to the football stadium? And they open up the doors to the football stadium, and what plays the Dutch National Anthem? So, right. so we would do the music thing, and I'll tell you, I would see the band I would know about all the band figures. I was just like, oh, my God. This I, I think music was even more powerful than anything. So, right. so what I'm trying to say is you don't have to become lucid. You can actually do this with just regular dream telepathy. But if you do become lucid, I think it is possible to send information. Uh, ethically, you know, um, if you don't want people bugging you inside your head, I would I would just announce before you go to sleep. I don't want anyone getting inside. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you're worried about that kind of thing. Right. So, so uh, anyway, but, but the, the abilities of good lucid dreamers are truly profound. And, and, but I think it just shows that we exist in an interconnected oneness. Yeah. There's nothing to be afraid about. There's nothing that anyone's doing necessarily. Yeah. It's just that we're already interconnected. And that's why a psychic can pick up something about you and tell you something. And then a month later, boom, it happens. We exist in an interconnected oneness. Well, I've been reading some um, declassified documents by the CIA, and it seems like they've been doing a lot of these tests, whether it's, you know, psychic communication, astral projection, right? And well, it speaks it speaks to the fact that this is true, and this has been true for thousands of years. But do you know of any um, group or institution, organization that's practicing this on a large scale basis with thousands and thousands of people? That would be so interesting, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Um, uh, so so the, the Department of Defense here in the states uh, they did the Stargate program, oh, yeah. which was basically remote viewing. Okay. And so they, they got remote viewers and and the remote viewers picked up things that were incredible and and you know oftentimes they were remote viewing about uh, uh, military installations in the Soviet um, or the Russia nowadays and, and uh, but but they actually did study using lucid dreaming to get psi information and um, one of the persons who was connected with the program told me about how they went about it and all. But he said what it was that the results were as good as remote viewing, but 
you know, they could train people to remote view during the day, and so they didn't have to wait for people to fall asleep and get into a lucid dream. So anyway, uh, yeah, uh, our our good old federal government has uh, also investigated this. Interesting. Did you read about uh, the document where they were working with somebody who was either lucid dreaming or astrally projecting uh, to Mars, and he was sort of hovering around what seemed like large pyramids and... Uh, so he was describing the pyramids and perhaps uh, an ancient civilization in Mars millions of years back. And that was, wow. that's one of the documents. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's wild. Uh, but I, I think it just shows the abilities of consciousness mm -hmm. that, that uh, so often we just get stuck in our very egocentric world. And when we realize that we, we can begin to tune into things differently, uh, through dissociation, through hypnosis, through guided imagery, through meditation, through lucid dreaming, through whatever. Uh, it, it just shows what potentials are out there and what it shows us about the true nature of reality. You know, we, we think of everything being so linear, but it's actually we're part of an interconnected oneness. And that's why uh, it's just so obvious to me. For sure. I mean, this morning itself, I was uh, as a guest on one of my listeners shows. Who and she was like, you encouraged me to be a podcaster, but she was like, um, it feels surreal that I'm, you know, meeting with you right now on Zoom, and maybe yeah. you didn't even know me before, but I was like, no, 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 I knew all of my listeners before. Maybe I've not met you, but we have connected in some way, form or shape, psychically, through the brain waves or the mind waves, and we've connected in that way. And I do believe it's possible. And thanks for opening up that portable portal for us through your conversation to, to, to let people know that, you know what, this is not all there is. There is so much more. Um, but Robert, what are your thoughts on unconditional love? Because you speak a lot about that and, you know, in, in, in your uh, expression, in your writings, you speak about unconditional love. How, does, how is lucid dreaming connected with uh, unconditional love? You know, so, so many people ask me about using lucid dreaming for spiritual practices. Yeah. And what, one thing I... I I really encourage people, do not go in search of Buddha or Jesus or whomever, um, because normally you get too excited and you'll pop out. You know, I'll, I'll try. Yeah. But the thing instead is to ask your larger awareness, hey, let me experience unconditional love. Mm -hmm. And then the resulting experience will be so utterly profound, you won't believe how deep love can be. Right. And when you have that experience, then since you've experienced the quality of the divine, you know, you're becoming more your true divine self. And so, so that's what I encourage people. That's how I encourage people to approach it. Uh, one time I was giving a talk in London. A woman uh, heard me say that that month. She shouted out in her lucid dream, hey, let me experience unconditional love. She said the resulting experience was so profound that she cried tears of joy for 15 minutes. Upon waking, wow. she said she just never realized how truly profound uh, love could be. But uh, love props up this world. Love keeps everything going. Love energizes as the energy behind uh, all of this and everything. And the depth of it is just truly, truly something. So, so that, that's why experience qualities of the divine if you want to get a sense of, of what the true nature of divinity is. So ask this profound question, allow me to experience unconditional love. Right. Or, or let, me, uh, let me experience true freedom. Or let me have one minute of samadhi. Whatever it is, 
has to have the experience. But sometimes I'll tell you, these experiences are so powerful, you've got to get ready for them. Well, yeah. one, time I, one time I asked in a lucid dream, I said, let me now experience the energy of the universe. And suddenly the dream cracked open and through it, this brilliant white light's coming right. and it's, it's flooding into my hands and body. And after a minute, I couldn't take it anymore. I, I time out. <laughs> <laughs> but, but after that, I'll, I'll tell you, AJ, uh, I would pick up my iPhone and I could barely hold it because the energy coming off that phone, it hurt the palm of my hands. I could actually feel it at such a sensitive level. Mm-hmm. But, but that, that, that's, uh, you know, if you ask to experience a concept, just get ready to really have an in-depth uh, experience of it in a lucid dream. It's really powerful. If it's, right. if it's too much, just say stop and, and the experience will come to an end. Yeah, and from what you're sharing, I think one of the gifts of lucid dream is also for people who have recently lost somebody um, or maybe have gone through a divorce or a breakup or are going through incredible amount of pain, uh, for them to just get an opportunity to in some way connect with the person that they were in love with for so many years or decades, but to just you know get that sense of comfort can be huge, right? Yeah, I, I think uh, that's one of the overlooked aspects of lucid dreaming is resolving grief that we have from yeah. those who have passed away. Because when you meet them in a lucid dream and, and you become lucidly aware, then you can ask them questions and learn things, and it'll truly set your heart at ease. Right. Well, thanks a lot for sharing all of this information so far. If there's one action step that you'd like to you know, give our listeners uh, something that they could try out or do right after this episode, what would that be? You know, uh, what, what I'd ask him to do is uh, be aware throughout the day when anything strange happens. Mm. If you become aware of things happening during the day that are strange, then ask yourself, what is inside of me that drew that into my experience? If you begin to do that during the day, I'll tell you, it'll naturally help you become a lucid dreamer because you'll see strange things happen and then you realize, wait a second, giraffes flying? Oh, this has to be a dream. I'm dreaming this. So so just be more mindfully aware when something strange happens. So there you go, Action Tribe. Action tri- we've got thousands and thousands of potential lucid dreaming experts that are going to experiment with their dreams tonight. Um but I hope you enjoyed today's session. If there's one thing that today's episode has taught us, it is that we really need to start exploring the true nature of our consciousness and the world around us and become more mindful. Our thoughts influence our dreams and our thoughts influence our life in the waking state as well. But the truth is that when you are dreaming, it doesn't really feel like a dream, right? It feels like your normal state. So then maybe... You need to reassess your current state. Are you dreaming right now? Or are you listening to this podcast? Think about it. Because as poet Edgar Allan Poe once put, all that we see or seem is but a dream within a dream. And with that being said, it's now time for the last round for today, which is the wisdom round. Four questions so that our listeners can take note and take action. So Robert, what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? You know, my, my, when I was young, I'd ask myself, who am I? Who am I? 
And, and my larger awareness told me, you are what you let yourself become. And so you are what you let yourself become. And that really made me realize that the problem issue wasn't out there. It was about my fears and whatever holding me back. You are what you let yourself become. Wonderful. And if you could turn back time, spend one hour with someone who was either living or dead, who would it be? Boy, uh, I, I would spend time with my father. You know, uh, when you're a kid growing up, you know, they're just, you know, always bossing you around and making you work and stuff. And and now when I look back, I, I would really want to spend time with my father because I, I really realized that he was a much more spiritual person uh, than I understood when I was a kid. Beautiful. What is that one thing you do in the morning or maybe in the evening before you go to sleep that has improved the quality of your life? You know, at night before I go to sleep, um, I remember my spiritual teachers and just calling them up in my mind makes my heart happy. And I'll tell you, it's much easier to get a good night's sleep when your heart is happy. And so if I may, who who are, I mean, are they like mainstream spiritual teachers or that's somebody um, that we might know? (laughs) In the dream state and in the lucid dreams um, uh, for about 20 years, um, a Chinese Buddhist master was coming to give me advice and encourage me. And I just thought he was a recurring dream figure. But then I met him in Waking Life, and I was just totally blown away. I'd been dreaming about this guy for 15 or 20 years. And so so uh, that, that's how wild all this can be. And, uh, um, I, and I, I realized that he and I knew each other from past lives, uh, uh, two different past lives. That is so interesting. And if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? You know, there's a wonderful book by Jane Roberts called The Nature of Personal Reality. And when I read that book, it just blew my mind wide open. The Nature of Personal Reality by Jane Roberts, because it just shows how reality works. And I think having that gives us so much insight into how we should relate to the world. Perfect. And how can people learn more about you? and find yeah. and read your book and purchase your book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, um, um, my website is lucid, L-U-C-I-D, lucididvice.com. And you can read more about my books, read some articles, uh, see where I'm giving workshops and things like that. And uh, how about getting your book? They can get it on Amazon, right? Yeah, yeah, you can get it on Amazon, Audible, Kindle, uh, at your local bookstore. Uh, Lucid Dreaming Gateway to the Inner Self is the first one. That that shows how deep lucid dreaming can be. And the next one, uh, Lucid Dreaming Plain and Simple with my co-author, Carolyn McCready. That's all the techniques so you know how to do it and how to respond in the lucid dream state. Nice. And your book is available on Audible as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Also in French and German and Chinese and Korean and Czech and other languages so <laughs> there you actually it's an amazing book you have to get it we'll have the links up in the show notes but here's an opportunity for all of you to get robert wagner's book for free right so basically the way it is is audible is supporting all of our listeners and wants us to check out their amazing library of books and their audiobooks which means that um, in most cases the reader themselves read out reads out the book to you And if you're listening so far, it means you're interested in lucid dreaming. So here's an opportunity to claim your free audiobook by Robert Wagner. Go to my7chakras.com forward slash free book. That's my7chakras.com forward slash free book. 
Just search for Robert Wagner's name and you can choose between his two books and really explore lucid dreaming. Try out the techniques, try out the principles and really connect with your inner self and discover the true nature of reality. Uh, before we go, Robert, what is one thing that you are grateful for right now? You know, uh, I, I'm just so grateful that we have the Internet that we can reach out and touch each other. Because without that, uh, we would all seem so disconnected and alone, yeah. uh, even though we're all interconnected. So, so I think even though sometimes we think the world's going crazy and all that stuff, that, that actually I think the world's getting better. We just haven't realized it yet. So, uh, AJ, thank you so much for, uh, for kind of reflecting your light out onto this and, and, and your own spiritual questioning and journeying because, you know, you're, you're doing the world a great service. Thank you so much, Robert. And are you available on Instagram? Uh, I'm not on Instagram. You can find me on LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that. So Perfect. So Action Tribe, finally, just two things. One is if you liked this episode, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram. That's at my7chakras so that I can take the screenshot and email Robert, just letting him know that people love the show. Or I can send a message to him on LinkedIn. But take a screenshot of this episode and tag me at my7chakras. The second thing is, if you enjoyed this episode, then make sure that you write us a small iTunes review, an honest review, because that helps us grow. It helps us come in front of more listeners. But go to my7chakras.com forward slash review and write us an iTunes review. And I'll read it out loud to all of our listeners in 150 countries. So Robert, thank you so much for coming on our show today, talking to us about the amazing topic of lucid dreaming and being so forthgiving in all your examples and techniques and your stories. I've really loved, uh, you know, this experience was magical and I got goosebumps at different points, but I really appreciate you coming on our show and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. AJ, thank you so much and, and best wishes, lucid wishes to everyone out there. Listening to My Seven Chakras at my7chakras.com. That is my S E V E N chakras.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.